Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash holdybackboard. Over 180,000 titles to choose from on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. I got my mom to create her Amazon.com account. She's a huge shopping freak, so it's crazy that she hasn't had one-touch shopping in her life. She used the trial, audibletrial.com slash holybackboard, to get her the seventh Harry Potter book. She was a huge fan of Harry Potter, but didn't read the seventh. So this is her opportunity to listen to Harry Potter while she's at work. I mean, the breaks of the game was there. Dustin and I talked about it. There's so many awesome books on audible.com to check out. So how did your mom get into Harry Potter and not finish the seventh book? I was hooked once Olga got me onto Harry Potter. So I'm not sure how she missed the boat on that one, but... It, she's in for a ride because Harry Potter is fantastic, just like Breaks of the Game. Let's go! Come on, everybody, and let's get to pumping because it's way away the time. Baby, Rip City's jumping now. Okay, Brandel up the middle. Hey! Oh, Come on, everybody. And. If we're talking breaks of the game, it does not get any more heartbreaking than this Trailblazers defeat. We are recording live uh, 11.37 p.m. on a Monday night in Rip City. My buddy Sage is down in Southern Oregon. The Trailblazers have just lost in overtime, 132-125 to to the Golden State Warriors. Sage, this kind of felt like this was our season right here, and... It feels like the season will be over Wednesday night. I am not wrong, am I? No, not really. No, you're not wrong. It's going to be so hard to win it at Golden State. In the Bay Area, that that, that place is going to be really raucous. We kind of missed our chance tonight, but... If we're keeping it 100, this series could easily be 3-1 in favor of Portland. It feels a lot like that series against the Rockets where a lot of the games went back and forth and a few plays here and there determined the outcome of the game. Go back to game two. Portland has a big lead going to the fourth quarter, and they go ice cold. They handily win game three. Even when Steph comes back, they're up three in the closing seconds with a chance to win the game. It takes a Harrison Barnes three to force overtime, uh, and then Steph just goes nuclear in OT to, to give them the victory. But... If we're being honest, it could just as, just as easily be 3-1. And I know it's not going to make you feel any better in the morning when you listen to this podcast or bring bring back any victories of the Trailblazers. But if you're a fan of the Blazers, you have to feel really good because you're taking a team that won 73 regular season games to the brink with the back-to-back MVP. There's no more, oh, Steph wasn't here argument. We went toe-to-toe with them, and I'm telling you, being in the arena, there was no in awe of the Warriors, like, oh my God, they're going to make their run. We were playing some freaking good defense. They were just hitting amazing shots. We went right up with them, and we're not as far away from contending as I thought. If we can continue to play with this intensity and effort, we're a couple pieces away. Uh, We definitely need a third scorer, but her guys laid it on the line, put so much heart into that game that you could not do anything else but stand and cheer as the, the, the seconds ticked away as what could be the, the likely last game uh, of the, the home regular, uh, the home season. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the hustle that all of those players showed diving on the floor for loose balls, 
playing really intense defense, rebounding. They did, they played fantastic, and I'm I'm sure that Rip City supported them. It was I'm trying to think because the Clipper the game three and game four against the Clippers were super loud, but when we jumped out on them early. It was definitely the loudest game in the series. It might have rivaled the Clipper games. It might have been louder. It was so loud in there. I, I might have yelled the loudest I had all season long. Um, it was up there with that Brandon Roy game when he did the the miracle fourth quarter comeback in 2011 against the Mavericks. And although I, I was working the, the Dame the Dame winner game, um, it was maybe not as loud as but loud as that, but it was rocking from start to finish, and I don't think there's any doubt in the world that the best fans in the NBA truly do reside in the Rose City. Uh, they love their Trailblazers. We oh, are about to, and we appreciated them. There were a lot of fans that stood and and cheered for them as as time as time winded down because they they knew the effort that they were seeing. It was a fantastic game between two great teams. One of the best games I've ever witnessed with my own two eyes. And it's a shame that you have to be on the losing end of that, but someone's gotta win and someone's gotta lose. And I was I was talking to you and I was texting, you know, my buddies that it just didn't feel like it was our night. You've got Harrison Barnes, like we said, hitting that three to tie it up in the closing seconds. I'll live with him shooting that shot. I don't care how open he was. He's not really known as a clutch shooter, and that was his only three-point shot he made all night. You live with him taking that shot. You do not want Clay, Draymond, or Steph shooting. You know, he, he took it, he made it. You tip your hat, and you move on to the next play. You've got a guy like Maurice Spates, who is not known as a three-point shooter, hitting three contested threes. Again, you take your hat off, but you live with that shot. And then you've got Dame missing three free throws. I know he went to the line 16 times, and you can't expect him to make all 16. But that's really uncharacteristic from Dame. Um, Portland left a lot of points at the line. They they went uh, 24 of 33, which is decent, 73%. But when you're playing against Steph, who's going off for 40 and hitting everything in sight, you need every single point. Uh, you factor that in. Um, I'm also going to call out the officials. I don't think it was the reason we lost the game, but... Golden State gets away with a lot of reaching. They travel like none other. And the inconsistencies on the moving screens is just bewildering and frustrating. And I'm very impressed that the Blazers really kept their poise and were calm, cool, and collected. You look at the other side, the Warriors are out there whining like the Clippers. If you would have just looked at the teams, you would have said Portland was the team that won the championship last year. They had the the pedigree of a champion, you know, not letting the referees get the best of them. And you've got the Warriors just begging and pleading. Uh, so that was a, an embarrassment on their part. But you know, it is what it is, and you just got to move on. Mm-hmm. I mean, just to see Livingston get thrown out, I didn't think of him as a fiery type of guy. <laughs> absolutely no right to complain he he made a big time foul um and he was complaining about it and then he thought he got hit on the head which he didn't and the ref teed him up walked away did not provoke him he continued to walk it was the correct call for him to get tossed i mean when you got players that you don't expect to blow up blowing up you're doing something right i mean you always assume draymond's gonna get thrown out because of the way he acts but Guys like Livingston, you don't really expect it. So, I mean, the Blazers played hard. That's 
You what know, the Warriors, the Warriors will not admit this, but the Blazers scared them a little bit, and you could tell because they played Steph Curry. They're not playing Steph Curry if they're playing the Rockets or if they're playing, I don't know, the Memphis Grizzlies or another team like that. They knew without Steph they were not going to win a game in Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, bottom line, they didn't want it to go seven, so they chanced it. You know, they rolled the dice. It came up sevens for them. I mean, that, that's the breaks of the game, no pun intended, from our audible read early on. And, again, as a Blazer fan, that makes you feel good. They felt this game was so important and necessary to them that they had to bring back the MVP, the back-to-back MVP, to beat the Trailblazers in Portland. And it took a heroic performance. I mean, he was hitting some shots where you just say, good shot. I mean, it was great defense, better offense. He's just the type of player. There's just no defense for him sometimes. I really think we played fantastic defense that game. I know it's hard to say when a team scores 132, even in overtime, but we played we played gritty defense. We were jumping at you know every shot, contesting, fighting through screens. Uh, this team has a lot of heart, and just as a fan, you have to be really proud of that. I mean, on the TV broadcast, they said that Kerr wanted Curry to play 25 minutes, and he played upwards of 37, 38 minutes. 37 minutes. They thought this game was so important that they overplayed Curry. 12 extra minutes, which is a quarter. That's how scared they were that the Blazers might win. They could have easily played Ian Clark the rest of the game, but they really wanted this win. So they played Steph an extra 12 minutes. Minute restrictions are important, and they just forgot about it. They really wanted to win the game. They threw caution to the wind. They said, whatever, we're going to play with fire. And, you know, they didn't get burnt. I mean, you don't, want to see, you don't want to see anybody get hurt, but that's that's pretty risky. And, you know, they're up 3-1 in the series. They've got the commanding lead. Game 5, I believe, is Wednesday night, probably another 7.30 start. I haven't had the time to really look at what channel it's on. I'm just assuming it's a 7.30. It's, uh, you know, it's a tough loss. But at the same time, this has been way more of a competitive second-round series than that Spurs series was two years ago. And to me, that's incredible to think of that this team was projected to win 26 and a half games. Some had them as low as 18, finishing with the worst or second worst record in the entire NBA. And they are taking a team that set the NBA record for wins in the regular season to the brink, to the limit. Like we said, this could be 3-1 Trailblazers right now. And the Warriors are on the other side thinking, you know, what do we have to do to, to reel off three straight victories to beat this team? Uh, unfortunately, it's not that way, but... We're giving them a much more of a challenge than I think they ever imagined. Yep. Tip the hat to the Blazers. They've played extremely well, extremely hard. Made them play yeah. Seth Curry. Yeah. And I don't know if you got a chance to read this or not. I believe it was Kevin Arnovitz pretty much sold the Blazers to all available free agents that come to Portland. You want to play with Damian Lillard. Uh, he's the type of guy who will be a taxi to the 14th man on the roster of Luis Montero on a blackout day to the practice facility so he can get his work in, takes him to a nice clothing store, helps him get you know suited and booted, how you carry yourself as an NBA player. And that's something you don't see from a superstar mm-hmm. to associate with a player of a lower stature like Dame does. Like they're just, they're boys. Like I don't know why more stars don't do that, but you don't see that. I mean, you see James Harden taking, you know, extra separate cars to 
the arena, LaMarcus Aldridge flying home by himself. There's none of that. And there was a great quote from Lillard at the end of that. And I don't, I'm not going to um, look up the article right now. It's a little too late. But to paraphrase, it's something like, no matter who we bring into this locker room, and he was very adamant that he would help recruit, but he's not going to go above and beyond because that would almost be to paraphrase a slap in the face to the guys that are with him right now. So it's not really the time and place to talk about it, but no matter who the team brings in, they are going to buy into the culture or they are going to kick rocks. That's going to be, he's not going to allow that. So if you're a fan of a guy like DeMarcus cousins or somebody like that with a checkered past or a checkered attitude, uh, I wouldn't worry about it. This culture is something that we have going for us. And we have a leader in Damian Lillard who is, you know, if you didn't know him, now you know. And free agents, he's going to pass the ball. He's going to score. He is going to lead this team. You know, come to Portland. We're not that far away. Do you get a Zach Randolph vibe from Boogie Cousins? Do you think Boogie Cousins will ever get it right? I feel like oh, yeah. with Zach oh, Randolph, he got kicked in the nuts so much, and then he went into the right situation and blossomed. So Boogie Cousins, when he's 27, 28, that's very intriguing. But right now, not really. I mean, you have to get tired of, of losing games and being in the lottery every year. He's God, he came into the league in 2010, has never made the NBA playoffs. Uh, that's tough, especially for uh, the leader of the franchise. But that franchise is so dysfunctional. They're, they make terrible trades. They don't know how to draft. They have a new coach seemingly every other year. They fired the one coach in Mike Bowen, who, who he really got along with. And I compl- I you know I totally agree. He, as soon as he gets into the right situation with um, an established leader, an established locker room, um, a great coaching staff who's been there for a while, a GM who knows chemistry and that you don't tinker with it too much, he's going to explode. And everyone's going to be like, oh, that's Boogie Cousins. Like, of course he's got talent. He yeah. just needs the right situation. And, you know, I know the Blazers are still in, in the playoffs, but it's, it's still fun to look ahead and think of what could be this offseason because this could be really the first time ever Portland lands a big fish in free agency, and it would have a lot to do with Damian Lillard. That's why culture is so important. And, you know, to go back to Dame, what a, what a performance. I know he goes 9 of 30, but when you look at 36 points, 10 dimes, 6 assists, he plays 46 and a half minutes. It was just a gritty performance. Yes, he struggled um, from three after connecting early on, but when he was taking those last few threes, you just knew they were going in because it was Lillard time. That is Lillard time. You can go 0 for 10, but I am betting that you're going to make the one that counts. And we saw CJ do a little bit of that too. You know, CJ chips in 24. Uh, he went 4 of 9 from 3. And I thought Golden State had a chance to run away with this game. I believe they got it up by 4 or 5 points in the 4th. He had back-to-back tough threes um, to get us the lead back. And... He was he was nails down the stretch as well. So the Blazer offense, the Blazer guards with the entire defense, one of the best defenses in the league, focused on him. They've had a a pretty dang good series so far. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Dame just get to that extra level when playing Oklahoma. Wow, Oakland, not Oklahoma. It is, you know, it's late. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make and, up this up a little. Think about how well he would do if we had that third score. Um, I know Chief chipped in 18 again, which that has been his average 
this series, which has just been incredible, a big boost for us. Um, almost 50% shooting, three more threes, 13 boards, and some fabulous defense from the Chief. But if we could get that third score to go along with, you know, guys like Chief and Hendo and Harkless, et cetera, et cetera, this team begins to look a lot scarier because you're not going to be able to just blitz Dame and CJ at that at your will. I know the game games are still happening, but it's 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 really imperative that the Blazers do well in free agency. Yes, because you don't want to top off at a first round or a second round playoffs. You don't want to do that, especially when Dame and CJ are getting close to to um, entering their prime years. You want to add and add and add. You want to spend that money. Uh, do it while you can, because we're not going to be able to next year. Dame's huge salary uh, boost, much deserved, I should say. It goes into goes into effect. Um, so even though the salary cap is getting even bigger in the summer of 2017, Portland, just internally, their salary is going to grow. Then you've also got the extensions of Mason Plumley and CJ McCollum to deal with. Uh, there's just a lot of money internally. They, they, the numbers look great now, but the way they play, they're earning bigger paydays in the future. So, you know, spend that money while you can, Neil. Yeah, definitely. We're going to promote within a lot, but we need some outside talent. You know, speaking of Plumlee, he, make no make no mistake about it. One of the reasons we advanced this far, but he had a really rough three games. I thought it was nice to see him have a great bounce back performance. He still missed a couple layups, but he finally dunked the damn basketball. So if you're, I know you're not going to listen to this, Mason, but by the off chance, if you did, thank you from the bottom of my heart for just dunking that basketball because you're athletic as hell. You're seven feet tall, and you just need to tell him to get some. Um, Sometimes it was just really nice to see a great bounce back game from from Plumlee, who has 12 points, over 50 percent shooting, 15 boards, you know, three assists. Uh, that's what we're looking for, Mason. And I thought he was a big reason why we kept that lead so much throughout the second half running plays for him, similar to the Clippers, where he's either attacking the basket and laying it in or finding shooters or cutters. He played fantastic tonight, and I thought really the whole team played fantastic. Uh, you know, Gerald gets into it with Draymond Green. He doesn't shoot as well as he would like, but he was there to provide that vet presence, played some tough defense. Crab, who has just came on after those really weak first three games of the Clippers series, gives us 13 huge points, shoots over 50% from the field, and then Ed Davis is back to the Ed Davis that we know and love. Eight points, four boards, 100% shooting from the field. Uh, Everyone who played played fantastic. Sometimes you just get beat by a better team. So that's what. What's your opinion on Alan Crab right now? Because recency bias, some GMs are going to definitely throw some big money and at him. I've stood by this train of thought from day one, and I've mentioned it on the podcast multiple times. I wanted to see what he had in the playoffs. Playoffs are when players show you what they're made of. Mm. Through the first three games, I wasn't too sure about bringing Alan Crab back. He looked like the stage was too big for him. He looked a little shook. He wasn't playing too well. He was missing his open shots. Now he looks very comfortable out there. He hit a lot of big threes. He's getting open looks. His defense has improved. He's been more active, and he's still a young buck. Uh, I don't know if I'm as high on him as I was back in January and February when he was averaging about 15 points, but I'm definitely leaning towards bringing him back especially because his cap hold is so small for being a second-round pick and the fact that we can go out and, and sign a couple of 
other teams free agents and then wait to sign Crab because we can go over the salary cap to sign him. Um, I think you definitely have to bring one of Crab and Henderson back. Oh, without a doubt. It's just who's going to be more cost effective for this team? Crab played 38 minutes tonight. He played legit big boy minutes and played well in them. Other GMs that are sitting on their couches like I was today definitely noticed that. Yeah, I mean, he was on. He was on Curry a lot. They, I mean, they switched him on to Thompson too. He was he was fighting through screens. He stepped up. I mean, he missed a couple shots that he probably should have made. Um, he needs to really work on his mid range game. That's where he's, I think, his most weak. Uh, he's a great long range shooter. If he could just add maybe a, a one dribble jump stop jumper to his arsenal, he's going to be tough to beat. Deflating loss, like you said. <laughs> yeah, but. You know, I got some chocolate for my belated birthday from Burst Chocolate. My my mother-in-law works there in Corvallis, Oregon. Uh, my mom got me some banana cream pie cupcakes, so I had a couple of those before I, we recorded. You know, sweets, they really do ease the pain, buddy. They, they really Well, it's all about the Burst Chocolate from Corvallis, Oregon, and the banana cream pie cupcakes made from the, my mom's uh, neighbor in Albany, Oregon. So shout out to the Lamont Valley. So if you're the Blazers, how do you move on from this game? Uh, you know it's going to be a difficult environment to win Game 5 in Oracle. I believe that's going to be the MVP ceremony pregame. Uh, you know their fans are going to be stoked to see Steph back for the first time. Uh, obviously, Portland's going to be a heavy underdog. But what are some things they can do to keep the game competitive and you know give themselves a, a puncher's chance uh, in the closing minutes to steal a game in, in Oakland? Keep that chip on your shoulder. That's number one. I mean, there's another talking point. Neil O'Shea didn't get GM of the year. That's more yeah, we're un- talk about this. How fucking ludicrous is that? R.C. Buford, get the fuck out of here. You signed LaMarcus Aldridge, which was a gimme. He wasn't going to the Lakers. He wasn't going to Portland. His second choice was Phoenix, for God's sake. Nobody in their right mind wants to play for Phoenix. I'm sorry, Esther. You signed LaMarcus Aldridge. You're already supposed to be a fantastic team. I'm just so sick and tired of the Blazers being overlooked. Neil O'Shea, if there was anything of a lock for these awards, even Steph Curry, Neil O'Shea for Executive of the Year was talked about as a lock. And the fact that he got more first place votes than anybody and still didn't win is it's a it's a travesty. It's you know the game. They're always one year, one year late on shit. For executives though, like what's what's Neil gonna have to do again? He pulled a rabbit out of his hat to make this team go from a thirteen. Or excuse me, in 2014, they made the second round of the playoffs when nobody expected that. This year, they're in the second round of the playoffs when many predicted us to be the worst team in the league. And he kept the lowest payroll. We're the, the youngest team in the playoffs right now. I mean, I could reel off the salaries, all the accomplishments that he's done, the gems he's found. But you're Blazer fans. You know this. Yeah, it's just it. annoying, Sage, because the Blazers are always overlooked. Like I've been a fan since I was five years old in 1990. That's 26 years going on, you know, 27. We never get recognition. You go back to Clyde Drexler, who had an MVP caliber year in 1992, finished second to only Michael Jordan. Was he one of the original 10 named to the Dream Team? No. Uh, it, just the list goes on and on. The city... 
these these players, this team, they're always overlooked and underestimated. And you're right. They have to play with that chip on their shoulder and take the fight to the Warriors. The Warriors probably expect us to lay down in game five. I'm not going to expect a victory, but I'm going to watch and I want to see how this team fights. Uh, I, I think what you said is what Terry's going to say. We've been underestimated from day one. Let's prove these motherfuckers wrong and get this win. I think that the Blazers are going to play with so much passion, throw up so much. What they have to do is be hungry, be active, but cut down on the silly mistakes. Those silly mistakes help lead those Warriors to the, the victory because of the, the bad offense, the bad passes, the turnovers that led to fast breaks. Keep that chip on your shoulder, but be a little more careful in clutch moments. Yep, keep that chip on your shoulder and just fight. Fight, fight, fight. Do not give up. If you get beat because you're not the better team, so be it. I'm still a proud Blazer fan through and through, but just fight and give it all. This could be your last game of the season. This will be the last time they have all are going to play together because we know contracts are up. One player at least is going to move on from this roster. So this, 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 this could be the final time they're all together. So enjoy the ride. It's been a great ride, like our man Espo has said. Go out, have fun, play basketball. You've done this for your whole life. You love what you do. Just leave it all out there. If yeah. I'm the place, just just leave it all out. Play loose. You have no pressure in the world. Nobody in their nobody is going to bet on the Blazers. Nobody is going to pick them to win. So just go out and have fun. Mm-hmm. But and if, if they have fun and it looks like a fun brand of basketball, you know what that does? It makes people that are sitting at home think, "Hey, I want to have fun while I play this game." So have fun and show the world what Blazer basketball is all about. I mean, you couldn't have said it better. And if we're looking at, you know, tactical ways that the Blazers can keep this game close, I, I thought turnovers were, were very big. Portland turns it over 18 times. A lot of those were very unforced turnovers, especially that inbounds pass where we were down by one. They had just gotten the lead off of a Thompson three. We inbound it, and they steal it. They go down and get an and one. Mm-hmm. Um CJ had five turnovers, I believe, dribbled, dribbled the ball off of his leg a couple times. Um, you know, just bad passes, which led to a lot of easy buckets for the Warriors on the break. This was the first time in the entire playoffs that Portland did not do a great job of protecting the fast break points. Golden State reeled off 28 points to Portland's 11 on the break, and that's really where they made their run in the second half to um, – fight back from Portland's, you know, 10-point halftime lead. I think another big thing about this game, if we're talking tactical, you can't – Stephen Curry gives uh, sets a lot of picks for uh, Clay Thompson to get him space. you got to be able to talk and communicate about when the proper time is to switch on those picks. So I think communication in this game is very important. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really know what else – you can do Portland shoots 15 of 39 from three in game four, which is 39%. You'll take that any day of the week. If they can hit, you know, 15 threes again, they're going to have to win this game, I think, on the three-point line because um, you're going to have to win in a shootout to, to beat the Warriors, especially at home. And, you know, I don't know really what else you look at at the rebounds. They're pretty – Portland actually out-rebounds 
Uh, Golden State tonight, 52 to 49, killed them on the offensive glass, 18 to 10. I think that's another trend that's going to have to stay true if they're going to win in Game Five. You got to look at second chance points, extra possessions. Uh, Portland attempted 11 more shots than the Warriors. Uh, usually, if you shoot more than you know 10 times, you're going to win the game. They just got a little cold down the stretch. I think they they went to iso ball a little too much. And you just can't rely on those type of shots over the course of a series to, to win you games. So, you know, keep working the offense. Even during crunch time, just keep working the offense. Uh, they've got to use this game as just more practice. Like, this whole playoffs has just been one big um, rehearsal for what's to come for this team. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're bummed, but there's so much optimism with this team. So it's- yeah, I was definitely more bummed after game two. I, I think that... I was bummed on this one, but we pick each other up, and that's why this shit works. That's why we've done it yeah. for 39 episodes. So, assuming Portland doesn't get it done and they lose in, in, in five, what takeaways do you have of, of this season? Hmm. They can compete with the big dogs. Um, CJ is for real. We need some post help. Yeah, I mean, you're right. We can compete with the best. We can beat the best. CJ and Dame is a legitimate backcourt. Uh, I don't think the size matters. I think if we had, uh, we keep saying this, if we had a legitimate third score, they're not going to be able to put their best defender, you know, long-armed guys on, on our smaller backcourt. It's just not ha- going to happen because we can just run the offense through uh, a third score. I also think it would be nice if we could get some some help in the post, whether that's a, a legitimate power forward. And that's not to take anything away from Harkless or Aminu, but I don't know if you can win big in the playoffs with two small forwards playing as the small power forward combo. Uh, Sometimes it's just nice to dump it into the post and see what happens. Dump it in the post. Someone who can pass the ball is unselfish. Um, we're, we were awesome at cutting tonight. There were so many times when Dame drove the lane and he hit Chief for a couple big jams. Uh, that was just awesome to see. If you get a guy who can play in the post, who can score, maybe just has a couple moves, but he's a great passer, and he's just a threat. It's all you need is a threat because Portland had that in LaMarcus Aldridge and we saw how open it was for guys like Damon CJ uh, Wesley and Nick they got so many open looks um, Mason and Ed are fantastic at getting second chance points crashing the glass so you don't have to worry about that too much I think if we could just get uh, an extra score and some post up like you said Portland's gonna be a team to be reckoned with I, I don't think this is the best the best is yet to come with the Blazers it just sucks today. It sucks. It's tough today. But what I always okay. tell I always tell my wife is these losses make you stronger. When the day finally comes where the Trailblazers are holding up that Larry O'Brien trophy, you will look back at games like this and the win will feel so much sweeter. Those bandwagon fans who jump from team to team to team will not know true joy. They may think they're happy now. But they will not know what it means to have, you know, to put, to really put your blood, sweat, and tears into a team. Mm-hmm. And when you stick with the team through and through, when the good times come, it makes it so much sweeter. So relish those. I mean, for me, I've been a Saints fan my entire life. I remember saying in 2009 very vividly because I was in Portland, 
if I see this team win a championship once in my lifetime, I'll be happy. I'll die happy. And then they turned around and got it. And for, I think, 18, 19 years, I never thought that was possible. And to see my team I rooted for through thick and thin, mostly thin, because we were awful. Very thin, too. We're talking about bag, bags over your head thin. Yeah, we were we were an awful team. But, you know, I, I knew the Cedric Hodges. I knew the Aaron Brooks's. I knew the Deuce McAllister's. To see your team win a championship, I wouldn't trade that for anything, man. I mean, I just... Six years ago, the Saints won the Super Bowl off the end. Uh, having your team win a championship is it's something I hope the Rip City gets to see again. Yeah, I mean, I get chills thinking about special moments in Blazers history, and the good will always outweigh the bad. But, you know, to get – what what's the saying? To get through heaven, you got to walk through hell. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I mean yeah. that's what it is. So I think it's pretty obvious we, we both don't anticipate the Trailblazers winning a game five in Oracle um, Wednesday night. But, you know, we'll still we'll podcast after that game, win, lose or draw. Obviously, you can't draw. Just, you know, it's late. Give me a break, guys. <laughs> I think that regardless, it's going to be a hard fought game. I don't see them losing this game like punks. I no. think they're going to play their ass off. So I agree that if we with what we've seen this whole year, you've got to come to expect Portland to, to come out, you know, guns blazing. Yeah, I mean, there's no way that they don't have that gene in them like the Rockets did to just fold. No, this team is going to fight until the last second. And the beauty of playing so late into May is we're really forty. 45 days away from the start of free agency. I mean, that, that's not too bad. So just yeah. keep playing. Um, maybe you steal a game. Maybe you don't. But we played so long, more than more than we expected. Uh, you're you're going to get your fix of Blazer basketball again really quick. You know, sooner, before you know it, there's going to be NBA free agency, summer league. Then we're going to hear about the guys probably going to somewhere else and bonding. And then training camp's going to start. And then preseason. And then we'll be back at it in the regular season. Man, I'm jealous of Teen Mom for going to the Las Vegas for the Summer League. I, I know I'm trying to save money, but I might actually do that. Yeah, I mean, maybe we'll run into Dame and TJ. Uh, yeah, we'll freestyle together and become best friends. Four bars, put them up. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so do we have any questions, or did you just... No, it was a podcast where I didn't want to get into too many analytics or too many... Uh, fan qu- I didn't, didn't have the heart in me to, to answer fan questions. Just, just me and you using this as a sounding board for all of Rip City. Hopefully when they listen to this tomorrow morning, it helps them get through their day. It helps them get through this loss uh, because it's definitely helping me mm. you know, with, with that defeat. I was already in pretty good spirits. Um, it's been a great season. It's hard to be mad about anything, but you know, just talking through it, getting your takes on it, I'm already stoked for you know, game five, whatever happens, happens. And that's kind of a fun mantra to play with. And then just think, there's going to be some pretty good basketball in the next few weeks. So, Rip City, if you love this podcast, uh, please give us that five-star rating on iTunes. Subscribe to our podcast. If you don't want to listen to all the iTunes, we're also available on Stitcher and SoundCloud at Holy Backboard PDX. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Holy Backboard. Uh, we'll be coming with you 
We'll be coming at you with content throughout the rest of the playoffs. We'll have a season wrap-up podcast, and we will periodically uh, fuel your earbuds with Blazer goodness uh, up until free agency and the NBA draft. But until then, until Wednesday, it's always Rip City. Go Blazers. Keep fighting. And uh, don't stop believing. And audibletrial.com slash holybackboard. Get your free audiobook and a 30-day free trial at audible.com. Let's